Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving Central and Northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the Southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com. In this episode, we'll be talking with Carolyn Delaney from Journey Magazine. Carolyn is the publisher of Journey Magazine and a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. She began Journey because it breaks her heart that active addiction is more visible than the millions of people now in recovery. The Journey team uses their print magazine to share inspiring and empowering stories to amplify the hope that people can and do recover. By making recovery more visible, they aim to change the narrative about addiction in order to save lives. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. We are so glad to have you here today. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for for offering to do this and for helping me share my story. This is so great. It's our pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell us um, how did how did Journey Magazine begin and what was your inspiration um, for this type of publication? Because it's so unique. Sure, sure. It's a it's a little bit. It sounds like a little bit of a long story because it started in actually the the early nineties. So in the early nineties, I was a um, what was called a desktop publisher. I had the very first Macintosh that mm-hmm. ever hit New England, mm-hmm. and I used a program called PageMaker, and I did typesetting for a newspaper called Journey. So that's where we get our name, mm-hmm. and. Um, and I am a drug addict and alcoholic, and I was actually very drunk at the time that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And a couple years later, I got sober. I got sober in 93, mm-hmm. and I've had an amazing second life, an amazing mm-hmm. second life, and spent 20 years leading large IT departments. And in 2017, I had a dream <laughs> 30 years later, I had a dream. And all I all I remember from the dream was that banner from the Journey newspaper. Mm-hmm. And the publisher's face, his name was Bobby Hall. And he was a, um, I want to say he was a crotchety old man, but he was a, he was a <laughs> great guy. And he was, um, I just remember his face. And I remember the, the banner from his newspaper. And mm-hmm. the newspaper was all about recovery from addiction and Mm. where to find Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and, you know, how to overcome the shame and, Mm -hmm. you know, just talking about the positive aspects of like what life is like in recovery. Mm -hmm. And I woke up at, in 2017 and I told my husband, I said, well, that was really weird. I had a dream about Bobby Hall and uh, we both laughed and thought that was bizarre. And so I did a shout out on Facebook and uh, to some old timers and asked if anybody had a copy of the newspaper. 
And somebody actually had 12 copies of Journey. And um, and it just, it was, I think it was just a seed that was planted in 2017 because mm. my career took a completely different path. I, you know, I didn't go into publishing or graphic design or media. I went into IT. And, and then in um, 2019, we, we lost six people in seven days to overdoses. Oh. And, um, and after just a really horrible night of despair that I felt, I started to ask God, like, what can I do? Like, how do we make people see that addiction doesn't have to end in death and that there are 26 million of us in recovery, mm. millions of us in recovery. And there are beautiful miracle stories. Let's talk about those because we weren't seeing any of those on TV or on socials. We were only seeing the deaths. We were only seeing the devastation of active addiction and the consequences, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started to talk to friends about starting a newsletter. And quickly it went from let's send out a newsletter, let's start a blog to let's print a magazine. Mm, awesome. <laughs> and 20 of us met in November of 2018. And we wanted to create something optimistic, inspiring and hopeful. We wanted to tell the stories of people who are able to you know, get sober or, you know, stay away from drugs or whatever mm -hmm. that addiction is, whatever that thing is that's destroying mm -hmm. that human being. When they decide to not do that anymore, to know that there are millions of us here. Mm. And um, that was our inspiration was just that desire to let people know that we can and do recover. Mm -hmm. We can and do recover. So that was the inspiration of a real dream, like a dream dream, like when you're sleeping dream. Wow. wow. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. That is absolutely amazing. I had goosebumps. Yeah. Now, do you think that, I mean, first thing that kind of strikes me is by doing a print magazine, do you think that has a somewhat different effect than doing a blog or something like that? Because it's the kind of thing that it's physical and and someone who might might just be able to stumble across it in in some way or, or something. Do you think that has something to do with the success of the magazine and, and things like that? Because you know, someone who might not be looking for that can kind of stumble across mm. it a little bit easier than they might on the internet where there's yeah. so much stuff. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And well, our, our original desire for a print magazine, cause that was the first thing everybody asked. I'm a tech person and I was doing a print magazine, <laughs> like why print in 2019? And I just, there's something very pal palpable and intimate about a print magazine yes. and a print publication in general is yeah. that you can physically, tactically hold it. Like, yes. that, I think it's tactile. Like you can put it in your hands mm -hmm. and people actually trust print more than online stuff because anybody, any keyboard warrior anywhere yes. can do stuff online. Preach. Right. <laughs> But if you have, but, <laughs> but it takes, it takes some care to put things in print and yes. it takes some intention and some, a desire to do something, to create something in yes. print, because it's, as you guys know, there's so many pieces to it, right? right. That there's, there's, um, I believe there's a lot more love in print magazines than there is anything online. <laughs> the SE gods are probably going to strike me down, but. <laughs> well, it's, I think that you, you do have to have, it's just a different thing. And I right. mean, I used to, right. I used to do website design for, for years 
and and now exclusively do print design. And while there's similarities, there is a little it's a it's a different animal altogether. Yeah. It and is. it does require a different eye and a different level of care. Yeah. But I think it's just it's the mechanics of it because right. you're right. you're actually putting ink on paper and it's like I just can't do control Z and undo right. this. Exactly. <laughs> if it, exactly. If it's wrong, like I there's fifteen thousand copies of this that have already been printed. Yeah. Oops. that's that's kind of that's a little that makes me look a little harder when i'm when i'm looking at our magazine like okay how about we triple check now yes (laughs) yes well and it's like you can touch it feel it and see it and i think it just even reading the stories in a magazine format your stories i mean it seems like that i would feel like that's more intimate than reading it on you know i mean online is good too but yes yes, there's just there's an intimacy yeah yeah there's that intimacy there i feel like Mm -hmm. me too and and our our initial reasoning for putting it in print is that we really wanted to be in the prisons yeah Mm. you know we really wanted to be distributed in the prison system in the jails you know and not everybody has access to online not everybody is able to access the internet Mm -hmm. and and I think that, you know, it, like today, it's hard for people to understand that not everybody has access to the Internet. You right. know, the, those that are incarcerated, their access to what we take is like, you know, everyday occurrences. They don't have that. Right. So we really wanted to bring hope to them. And we wanted to be able to share a message that their life, that their life was still being written. That mm. that that there are there are those of us who have been to prison and we've been able to redo our lives like mm. there are different paths available. And in order to get that message inside the bars, it needed to be in print. Yeah. Mm. So can you share it with us your mission statement, too, because I just love your mission statement. Um, our mission is to make recovery from addiction visible, mm. to amplify yeah. hope and to save lives. I love that. Yeah. Well, that that ties into what Carolyn said about 26 million people in recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's a huge number in something that I can imagine would make someone feel very isolated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, and it's and that's probably on the low side. So that that mm. is from, you know, alcohol and drugs and that's from SAMHSA. And but when when we talk about addiction, like we're not we're not talking specifically about substances there's behavioral addictions, you know, that there are addictions that, you know, whatever that thing is, that's got such a hold on you. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's, it's destroying the person that you're meant to be like we, mm-hmm. you know, when you're ready to, to stop doing that thing, chances are really, really good. There are millions of people who have done that. They have yeah. traveled that same type of path. Right. Mm. That same type of path. What's been really interesting about the magazine is that Initially, we were devoted entirely to the recovery community. Our goal was to um, do like social events and sober roommates and classifieds. And it was really geared towards connecting the community. But what happened really quickly after we launched is we realized that we were making a bigger difference in the general community by shining a light on the fact that people in recovery are everywhere. We're mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. You know, that that it it really expanded the lens by which people started to view recovery and addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's so we 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 quickly shifted really fast. We got calls from parents and employers and people that um, started to pick it up because they're not. I think, Todd, you said earlier about like reaching people 
that are not sitting at their desk Googling, mm-hmm. how do I get sober? Mm-hmm. Or am I an alcoholic? That that when people pick up the magazine and they read about, you know, a woman who started drinking when she put her kids to sleep, you know, that that she that there's a relatability to these to the people in our magazine where I think we're able to attract people that may need some help and they're just not seeing that just yet. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's powerful. Yeah. That they're yeah. able to see like oh, I may have a problem with alcohol or I may have a problem with fill in the blank. Um, Because we only focus on recovery, we actually don't even talk about much about addiction, which Mm -hmm. is kind of funny. But um, but we just want people to know that the the people like I think with all the numbers of the deaths, it kind of felt like the humanity of addiction was getting lost. Mm. Yeah. You know, that we're your moms and your uncles and your aunts and your grandfathers and where the, the CEO of the bank that you go to and your mortgage company, like we're everywhere. Mm, We're everywhere. And with the numbers and the fatalities and just the devastation of active addiction being so prevalent in the space and the media and, and so, so visible, it was really getting lost the the skin of, you know, who Mm. we are. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So what are some of the things that, that people can do to educate themselves about addiction? Because I mean, you, you obviously are, you know, are about recovery, but is is there, or actually there's probably a better way to ask is what are some of the ways they can educate themselves about addiction and or recovery? That's a great question for people that may know somebody that's in recovery to ask them to share their story privately with them. Mm -hmm. To find out more, there's a lot of different recovery programs. So there's a lot of mutual aid, community-based recovery programs, Alcoholics Mm -hmm. Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. There's also, Wellbriety is one, is a recovery program that is, um, it gets its foundation from Native Americans. It's a beautiful program, Um, Smart Recovery, hope Hope for Recovery. So there's a lot of recovery programs that are free that are um, that people can visit and just stop in and check it out people there are open alcoholics anonymous meetings where people can go and just listen because it's uh, chances are really good it's a lot different than what anybody ever thinks it is it's not a a bunch of um, people sitting around talking about how sad we are because we can't drink for a 24-hour period it's nothing like that and it's not like a group therapy session so I think by um, attending some of the recovery programs, that helps to expand that understanding mm-hmm. about re- what recovery is. For this issue that we're putting out um, this week, next week, we have a, um, a prevention column that's brand new. And it really has, it'll have some references to learning about drugs for, mm-hmm. for parents. Like we really want parents to understand, you know, what their kids could be getting into that are, that they're completely blind to. Mm-hmm. They're wow. completely blind to. So we ha- we'll have some educational stuff in the magazine this time. But I think probably the best saying that we have in our programs is if you can't help someone, don't hurt them. Mm. You know, that, that every time somebody shares out something on a social platform that is demoralizing or demeaning or isn't that a shame and why can't she get it together and can you believe she did that again? Or they share horrific stories from the news they're just actually fueling that stigma right. mm. you know so i think that that i love that being able to maybe open their hearts to a little compassion 
Mm. And know that when people are, when people are, or at least I, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for everyone that struggles with addiction, but <laughs> for me, that when I was active in my addiction, it wasn't that I was, I was looking to get high and I was always like wanting to avoid all of my responsibilities. It was that my life was unbearable without that solution. Mm. My life was unbearable. So when people see that the consequences of our behavior, maybe asking asking for a little compassion mm. and that we don't know the roads that people, other people have walked. Right. You know, we don't know what that that addiction is. We see the we see the consequences and we see that devastation after the fact mm. because we show up on the front page of a newspaper. Mm. But I think maybe helping to um a, a little understanding, just a mm-hmm. little understanding. That's huge. Yeah. So, you know, you can, you've, you've come from IT and now you're, you know, you're a publisher. What have been some of the challenges in, in becoming a publisher? Well, everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Wait a as, as someone who does that, uh, yeah, checks out. Yes, yes, yes. yes. She's correct. <laughs> she is correct. We will vouch for that. <laughs> Uh, from editorial to, I remember one of our very first meetings, we had to like figure out the categories that are involved in publishing, like editorial, creative, distribution, ad sale, like how are we going to support it, promotion and marketing. And uh, there was so much newness. There was so much newness. We, I hired um, Lee Hughes, who was the publisher of Maine Women Magazine right away to help guide our launch. And she was really helpful in the very early days of like, okay, you need to get these things in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was really helpful. But I think what's been really, I think really good for me personally is that my rec- my own recovery process requires me to ask for help frequently. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had no problem reaching out for help. I contacted uh, Heather Chandler from the Sunrise Guide and just said, I, I'm a new publisher. I'm looking to do this. Can I buy you lunch? And I've been really blessed to have such a, a strong group of people around me also learning. So at one point, we had 33 volunteers. Wow. People that just want to get this message out there. The places that we found that were a big struggle, I've been able to either hire or learn. That's um, great. But all of it has been, all of it has been, uh, okay, what, what, what is this thing called InDesign, which is the <laughs> application that we use to create the magazine. And I hired someone to teach me how to do it. And then we went, when we went to videos, what is B-roll? Then I hired someone to teach me how to do that. So I, I, um, and with COVID, it just really, um, it really shifted the dynamic because early on it gave me that like, how committed to this am I mm-hmm. in April of 2020 when we couldn't print our magazine because there was nowhere to put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm a, I'm a woman of, I'm faithful. So I pray. And I realized that the message, I'm so committed to a, a message of hope mm-hmm. that the execution of it was irrelevant. Like we were just going to mm-hmm. keep doing it. We were just going to keep figuring out a way to put out this message. So we quickly moved mm-hmm. over to YouTube and videos. But I think because we're such a purpose-filled business that being able to see my next five steps 
has been the most important thing. Because wow. if I had to look at the whole, if I had to look and see like, what is the next three years going to look like, Carolyn, when I looked back at in March of 2019 of all the things I would have to learn, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would have stepped up. Right. I had yeah. to trust that I was going to get what I needed when I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And still to this day, yeah. I, I, we, we've said it before and it seems to be a common thing is sometimes, sometimes a little bit of ignorance of just how hard it's going to be. Yes. It can almost be a superpower we in can some speak ways. To that. I love yes. that ignorance yes. is a superpower. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Not, not in all situations. So what would you say is, has been your biggest win since starting the magazine? Um, I have a couple, I have a couple. Um, the first big win was when we were accepted to, for distribution inside the walls of the prisons. Mm-hmm. That was our big win. We They wouldn't give us it, an approval until we sent them the PDF of the final first issue. And mm-hmm. so when, when that got approved, I cried, honestly. Aww. And when I dropped off the very first copy, I cried. Um, I went to uh, Southern Maine Reentry um, in Wyndham is for women who are reentering and they had printed out our black and white PDF and they were so excited to get the color copy. It just, it made me cry like a baby right there. Um, so that was, that was my very first big win. Um, uh, the second one was when the governor, so we, we got 10,000 copies of the magazine on March 19th and March 14th, the governor had a copy. And she's and a friend of mine sent a picture and said, I think you could appreciate this. And it was a picture of the governor holding my magazine. I went, Oh my God, how did that happen? Um, the, um, and be honestly being on this podcast, like recovery and addiction is, they're not easy topics, Mm. you know? And so what we want to do is we want to make this conversation accessible and approachable and this is a big win being on here with you guys because, you know, I believe that business owners are sitting in a powerful seat right now to change the dynamic of this conversation about addiction mm-hmm. by letting their by letting their employees know that they support this recovery movement. That, you know, just the fact that employers offer that in their EAP programs, you know, that they that they provide um, recovery resources in their HR department, just so that mm-hmm. that employees know that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah, mm. it's okay to ask for help. So being on here has been a really big win for me, making this conversation accessible and approachable, and um, mm. and keeping it local. Like making sure that people <laughs> understand. Like you know, it like we're in your communities. Like every yeah. there, people. I think that there's this. I'm hoping that by making recovery from addiction visible, that um, we start to bring the humanity conversation, like back into the conversation. Mm. Yeah. Back into the conversation. So, so that's, this has been a big win for me too. That's awesome. So, so how can, tell us how people can help support your mission. What, What are some of the things that people can do to help get on board and help support what you're doing? By sharing the magazine, if they find us, we're um, available in the grocery stores in Southern Maine. We're actually expanding now, so we're we'll be statewide by the end of summer. Oh, that's um, awesome! So if they find the magazine and they pick it up, it's our magazine is very positive and hopeful. Mm-hmm. So if they know some, chances are really good. Everybody knows somebody. Absolutely, everybody knows somebody, and for those people that find the magazine and pick it up and bring it to that person that may be struggling with a son or a daughter or never, you know, an uncle or someone in their, 
in their world that is struggling because it helps to spread a message of hope. Mm-hmm. It helps to spread a message of hope. And for those that are listening that are in recovery from addiction, please step up and share your story. Like we're, yeah. We want to be that platform that shows those stories in a positive, hopeful, inspiring light. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So this is a kind of common question. We have, we have some standard questions that we like to, to ask, not for any research purposes per se. There's, mm-hmm. there's no control. <laughs> we are not wearing white coats as we are, as we are doing this podcast. Uh, but, but it's always interesting to hear the different answers. Uh, so how would you say that you define success, either personally or professionally? My definition of success for myself is when I actually do what I set out to do, like when I follow through on something, whether it is personal or professional, I, I, I heard that the um, best way to build self-esteem is to do esteemable acts, which is just following through on what you tell yourself you're going to do because it's good for you. Mm. <laughs> so awesome. when I actually do follow through on those things that, that I set out to do, that's, I consider that a successful day. That's powerful. That's, I, yeah. I, I really like that because even though I know we're talking about success and you would like what you do to be successful, it's kind of in the question, but your response isn't necessarily tied to how successful that is. It's just, it's following through on something. Yeah. It's finishing something. <laughs> it's, it's actually going through the process. And that in and of itself is so huge because it's so easy to just go, nah, I'm, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but it, it, but by following through, by finishing what you start and doing the, doing the things you inherently increase your chances of success. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's, yeah. I, I really, I, that's I hadn't cool. thought of that as an yeah. answer to this. That's, that's great. I've never heard that. And that's just so powerful. It just, it makes you really think. Yeah, it really does. So, we, we always like to ask this too, um, just because we're, we, we're just selfish. Um, no, no, we're inspiration junkies. We're, we're that's inspiration what we are. Junkies. Yes. That's, that's, that's a good one, honey. You've, you've got that little, you've got that photo of the, the cat hanging onto the branch. Just keep on hanging. What is it? Hang, hang in inspiration there. junkies. We like that. That's cool. That might be a t-shirt, Todd. Um, so you're who, welcome. Who or what would you say inspires you? I would have to say the stories of the people that we sh- share in the magazine are people who, who just keep going no matter what, mm. no matter how many times they feel pe- resiliency, no matter how many times they're faced with a barrier, they just keep walking. They just keep showing up. They just keep right. showing up. They just keep showing up. And those that share those stories, that their lives changed, that their lives changed. Because when people have, when I think that, or at least in my experience, when people have to change something in their lives, there's a surrender that needs to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because if they keep doing what they've always done, they're going to always get what they got. And for them, for people who keep showing up saying, I want my life to be different. I want mm-hmm. my life to be different. That they have to surrender some part of themselves that says, okay, plan A didn't work. Plan A with more energy didn't work. How about plan B? Yeah. <laughs> right. <Yep. laughs> so those people that surrender, a bit so that change can happen for them. That inspires mm-hmm. me when I see that. I can I see that in some women that are in my circle and that they they know that there's a new way of life for them. There's a mm-hmm. pursuit for that new way of life, even if they can't see it. They have to have some they have they have faith and some trust in the fact that it can happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. 
I got nothing. I, I, I'm, I've got, my wheels are turning way too much to talk. No, I just, I love that. I love that. It's just, it's so true. And I, and I just, as you were saying that, I just see so much of that in you. You are truly an inspiration in your, what you're doing and your story and your mission is, I have no doubt there's going to be ripple effects from it and that it's, it's going to change thousands and thousands and thousands of lives. Mm. Um, so thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for, you know, all the people that are, that are battling, that you're giving hope to, to the families, to it's, it's powerful. It's powerful. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for taking time out of your day, yes, for talking with us, for so sharing much. your story, and, and also just for the work that you're doing. Like yes. Kim was saying, just for the for the fact that you keep showing up and you keep mm. doing this, and, and for the, the lives that are being changed because of your, your work and your dedication. So thank you for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be sure that we include uh, links to uh, Journey Magazine, uh, social media pages, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, of course, be sure to pick up a copy yes. and, and share it with other people. Yes. Um, and you can find those in grocery stores and as well as uh, online, right? Because you're still doing downloadable P- PDFs, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, be sure to share it with friends and family and, and people who, who might benefit from it. Yes. Thank you again for being here. And thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your story. It's just it's powerful mm. how many lives that uh, are, are going to be changed and affected uh, because of you being willing to step out and um, share your story. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes. And thank you for listening. 